Hey, welcome everybody to another Wanderings and uh, Wool Gathering mini-sode. And uh, tackling this one this week will be myself, Foggy, and uh, Metalhead Mundy. Good, Good evening. evening. We, uh, we're here tonight because uh, a few nights ago, we went to the Ruoff Music Center in Noblesville, Indiana, and uh, we went to the Knotfest Roadshow. So we wanted to, to give our take on that show. Um, due to unforeseen circumstances, we did miss one half of the program. We missed Behemoth and uh, Gojira, but we did make it in for uh, a good portion of uh, Volbeat, and then of course we saw the headliner, and we're really gonna focus on the headliner tonight. But before we jump into that, uh, Metalhead, what'd you think about Volbeat? Uh, they sounded pretty killer. Um, I was excited to see them. I've really been digging them in the last couple of years. Um, uh, their guitar player, Rob Caggiano, he used to be in Anthrax, and he's a fantastic performer. I was excited to see him again. <clears throat> and uh, I was really impressed with uh, Michael Polson, the singer and guitar player, his voice. You know, you hear Volby, and his voice really stands out uh, with a lot of the other music you hear nowadays. It's it's different, and it's, I mean, it was so impressive live. I, I couldn't believe he could really pull it off like he was. It was a sight to see or hear, I guess. His, vo his voice is big. Um, yeah, it definitely commands the stage. And I, I thought what was kind of cool too, is he wasn't stationary. I mean, he was running all over the stage. He sang on three different mics and, uh, he didn't miss a beat, a bull beat. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you know, it's funny too, is, um, I'm on a lot of, uh, Slipknot message boards and of course they announced the lineup and everybody was loving behemoth and Gojira and they were kind of down on Volbeat because it's not your typical metal band i think largely because of his voice um but the crowd was huge they weren't hanging out outside the venue they were down in there and they were getting it i think that the crowd really re was responsive to him yeah they seemed to be everybody seemed to be into it i mean there's people singing along and you know fists in the air and all of that and when they're you know clapping their hands together and trying to get the crowd going everybody seemed to be into it and yeah they sounded great yeah i loved it i thought they were fantastic and um yeah sometimes the singers live and shows like this especially the the people who aren't the headliners kind of fade away a little bit or they don't sound as crisp and boy he was good and uh and the people up front were definitely loving it yeah i've seen uh, a few singers who i absolutely love who <laughs> do not translate well to performing live. And <laughs> I, I can think of two examples off the top of my head. So that I don't know if I should throw them under the bus or not. They're probably not listening. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Rob Zombie and Glenn Danzig. Ooh. And that's, that's kind of harsh because you think Danzig is not that much different than Paulson and that they've I got know. these big, huge, rich, deep voices. Yep. Uh, Danzig, I don't know what it was. I, well, still now when you hear him live, I, I just don't, I don't think he can do it. He, I, and I love Danzig. It's, I love them, but he does not translate to live performing well. And Zombie, I think, 
White Zombie and Rob Zombie have always, every time I've seen them, they put on amazing shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, his problem is he does, if you listen to him, he uses too many studio tricks and his stuff runs really close together. Like if you listen to it, you think there's no way he's breathing. And right. when he tries to do it live, he doesn't <laughs> have room to breathe. So he has, he has to like, drop words and do this and that and it just it's it's not great yeah that totally makes sense um all right well i would say then we agreed um bull beat definitely thumbs up um if they ever came around individually i think i would definitely go see him again same very impressive awesome okay so let's get to the headline <clears throat> that's why we're doing this mini sode um so slipknot took the stage uh they did 17 songs um, what's interesting really is that the the new album, We Are Not Your Kind, has kind of taken a new route with the band. They're a little more experimental. Um, they've kind of shifted a bit. But really what dominated the concert was the self-titled album from 1999. There were four songs from that album, plus a B-side. Iowa had two songs. Subliminal Verses, Volume 3, had three songs. All Hope Is Gone had two and point five, the gray chapter had two. Uh, we are not your kind had two, and um, all out life, which was a single kind of just to say, hey, we're back, which was released last Halloween, um, added the final track for a total of seventeen. Yeah, it was pretty great. I mean, it's you know they've been around now for t- what twenty twenty one years, officially twenty right now. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, it, when you've been around that long and you're consistently putting out new material like they have, you know, there's a lot to choose from and I'm sure building a set list for them is becoming more challenging. You know, you, you have a new album come out, you want to play, you know, a few of those songs, you got to drop a few of the old ones and you're never going to make anybody happy, but man, uh, the crowd, they seem to dig everything they were putting out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think they had mentioned at one point that they were going to start adding more songs as they felt better playing them live, um, which I can imagine maybe at the end, maybe they'd add another one or two songs. Um, and I want to clarify something real fast so all of the maggots out there don't yell at me. I said officially 20 years, and I meant from the release of the self-titled album because they were around from 95, um, and they had that uh, demo record that only had like 150,000 copies. So that was pre Corey Taylor. So I'm counting 1999 on just to clarify. <laughs> okay. Way to, save, way to save your neck there. I know I said it and I thought, Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Before we move on to the performance and all of that kind of stuff, I just want to make one quick comment. You just mentioned too about uh, song selection and um, everybody was kind of into all that. What I found really interesting is well, first of all, that they had so many from self-titled um, from 20 years ago. And I think that just speaks volumes to how good that album actually is. But what I found really cool is that they they put Get This back in rotation in concert, which was a B-side for that that actually would never pretty much came out other than in concert. Um, I love, they could have picked something like, you know, Disaster Piece, My Plague, uh, Snuff, which was a huge favorite of a lot of people, 
Kill Pop, Wait and Bleed, Left Behind, something like that. And they choose a song like Get This, which I love, just kind of says, you know, to the original, to True Maggots, this is for you. Um, and I kind of look at Prosthetics, um, which I thought was amazing um, when they played it um, in the same way, that that one was truly for the true fans. Yeah, uh, a lot of that is, I mean, it's lost on me because I'm, you know, a peripheral Slipknot fan at best. And But I, I am surprised they did not play Wait and Bleed because that was kind of their first big hit, wasn't it? Yeah, that was kind of what blew up, and um, which is also one of those funny ones because everybody claims that they just were so hard and they were, never had any melody, but that chorus had melody. <laughs> and that was one of their first ones, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, that was one I definitely could see on there. And I was hoping Disaster Piece. Um, I just love that song. And I know most uh, Slipknot fans do. But Gutsy, get this, great call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, like I said, I mean, you can't, when you're a band that's been around that long and you have that the kind of diehard fans that they do, you're never going to make anybody happy with your, live set list so but i i was impressed and then they were awesome well let's let's dig in then so and i'm going to start off with a, a negative something i was kind of bummed about and then the rest will be all joy <laughs> i think i have one of those as well yeah, well definitely when you play that many songs i mean there's definitely going to be that um so the opening for those who haven't seen they play the 515 uh, intro music from iowa and then at the end of that, you hear the drums come from behind this huge banner. The banner falls, and it gets sucked up into the ceiling. Such a cool visual. And then those drums just come pounding in, um, and they leap into uh, people equal shit. And the drums in that song are phenomenal. They really are. But I don't know if they adjusted as they went on, but you couldn't hear a guitar, and you could barely hear his voice for about three-quarters of that song it was all drums and it could have been our placement being so close to the speakers. I'm not sure, but um, for a song that I love so much, I felt like that one kind of got lost in translation a little bit and that's how the show opened. So thankfully it got better as we went. Yeah, we were a little bit left of center and we were fairly close, but we were left of center. So, I mean, you know, the sound might not have been, totally like uh i don't know equalized for where we were or they may have had some kind of audio issue around what you're saying and ad adjusted quickly because after that i think they sounded pretty good yeah i agree i i thought it, it picked up and it got much better in the second song sick um yeah but yeah i i guess your hopes are so high too when you love a song like that um, yeah thank goodness <laughs> so what was a what was your highlight for you Oh, uh, we never once, not one single time, uh, saw Craig, <laughs> right? Cause we were, we were left of center and the way their stage was set up, you know, they had the percussion up high and out front. So we were kind of like underneath, uh, Tortilla Man and Craig was set up like behind him so we couldn't see him from where we were we couldn't see his station and then he doesn't move like he never moved from his station so we never saw him <laughs> never saw the spikes it was on nary a spike the whole time yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's true. And I didn't even think about it for a while. And I got to the end of the show. I'm like, damn, we didn't even see him. And of course, you know, Sid's propped up there, but he's all over the place. Everywhere. He was everywhere. He was very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, I know as it was going through, obviously I love sick. Um, it's such a great song. And I, I'm, like I said before, get this and uh, was a cool addition, but I was surprised how much I absolutely loved unsainted. I mean that it was so clean and cr- it sounded amazing. It sounded like they've been playing it for years. Yeah, it did. And I was a little worried about that one because they had, uh, was it on, were they on Kimmel? Did they do that one on Kimmel? They did. Yeah, and it sounded terrible. Oh, it sounded so bad. But yeah, it sounded fantastic that night. I I was impressed. And that that chorus is, uh, as your daughter well knows, uh, that chorus, (laughs) that chorus is so catchy and just, it's really, it's beautiful. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was um, that was definitely when I was like, oh, yeah, we are here. This was, was so yeah. good. And then they immediately go into Before I Forget, which was good. And then um, they played their second one off of We Are Not Your Kind, Solway Firth, um, which they've only played like a handful of times live. And I thought that was really good, too. Yeah, um, I, I really didn't. I wasn't disappointed with anything they did. Uh, everything everything really sounded good i think they had a good good flow i mean you know the i i'm sure everything is pretty much with everything they do it kind of has to be uh choreographed within an inch of its life i mean you know you got nine guys up there it's you got to figure out what you're doing so you're not literally not running into each other and um but yeah, so the breaks came where they needed to go and, you know, the switching out instruments was done well, you know, the lights come down and they still had like some atmospheric stuff going on. So, you know, it's not just dead air or whatever, but uh, they put together a pretty impressive show. The lights were awesome. I loved the, the wraps around, uh, clown and tortilla man's setups they had the screen like led screen wraps around their drums and stuff it was pretty cool yeah that was what kind of kept your attention when they would go off i I imagine they went off stage got a drink maybe loosened up the mask to get a little air and then came back out there would be something on those drums the atmosphere music yeah it all kind of worked together it was cool yeah I love the, yeah, they had the kegs hanging underneath (laughs) the uh, overhead percussion stations. And uh, I, I was disappointed, you know, when clown came down and he was, had the bat that was on fire and he's, you know, bashing that thing. You really couldn't hear it. It sounded like a thud. It didn't sound like yeah. the high pitched. Because wasn't a of, ping. Yeah, a lot of songs you hear that ping very clearly, and you could. Well, yeah, when they're up at their stations and they had the the metal bars and they're banging on the ones they had up there, that sounded fine. But then you know he came down and it's such a cool presentation with that bat on fire and he's slamming it, you know, slamming that fire into that keg and it, you couldn't hear it. I wonder if it's the difference of hitting that metal ring at the top straight down as opposed to hitting on the side to the fat part of the keg. Maybe it deadens the sound. I don't know. Maybe. Or, I, 
you know, I, I don't know how the hell you mic a keg, but maybe that was the issue. <laughs> the, the thing that got me past that with not having to worry about it was right behind him. Sid was working the conveyor belt. <laughs> so still <laughs> so entertaining watching him go back and forth yeah. on that thing. It's yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, um, so from there, um, Heretic Anthem, which is always a big one, which is always fun. And then uh, your personal favorite, Psychosocial. How'd they do? Uh, I love that song. Like the intro is cool. You know, it's got the little squeals on the guitar and in the intro and that there's like a taste of a little riff and then they go into that ch- little chugging run and Corey comes in with the growl. And then that, when that riff kicks in, I mean, uh, I love that song. I really do. I could listen to that on repeat like all day. <laughs> it's just, it's different from a lot of their songs and it's more of, I don't know. It's, it's more of like a straight up groove. They let that groove ride for a long time. And most of their stuff, they don't do that really. They have a lot of dynamics and part changes and that one, they just kind of let it ride and it's a killer, killer riff. Yeah, I love it was and it was fantastic in concert. And again, that's another one that has a great chorus. Yeah. So and then uh, they went into Devil and I, which um, I love that song. It always I do too. I love that one. Now I know you've watched a lot of UFC with us. It kind of the guitar parts in there that guitar riff kind of sounds like the old school intro they used to have to the UFC fights. You have to go back and listen to it. There's a real similarity there. Um, Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, then they did prosthetics, which again, when you're talking about somebody who is basically collecting a woman <laughs> for his own, it's just a crazy song. It's so cool. And it is a, it just has a great beat, great groove. Um, I liked it. Vermilion. Um, it's a different pace, kind of slows things down just a little bit for the concert. I thought that was done well. And then it comes marching in. This was one of my highlights for the night was Custer. Um, Corey engages the crowd with the, ta, 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 you know, gets everybody to yeah. do it. And then he just pounds and there comes the guitars. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. That was, that was really funny. Cause he, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not a diehard maggot. I didn't really recognize exactly what he was trying to do, but he, you know, when the song kicks in, I figured out, oh, he was not doing it at the right speed and this and that. And he was like, you guys suck, man. What the <laughs> hell? Blah, blah, blah. Try it like this. And then he did it right. And the song kicked in. I was like, oh, okay, I see what you do. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. That's such an amazing song. Um, and it does. It's like you think about General Custer. And then that song just to me is has that marching groove to it. I think it's really fitting. Yeah, it was awesome. And then um, I'm glad they played this. I know it's not a lot of people's favorite, but it's one of my favorite songs by Slipknot, and uh, it's Sulfur. I just can't get over the the line, um, don't know where you stand until you know you won't run away. I think that's such a, a classic song, and um, super glad that I was there to see it. Yeah, I've, I found myself after the show uh, looking up on – whatever website it is that, you know, they do the, they, they publish the set list from like that night or the previous night, they'll publish like each night's set list as it happens. And I definitely want to go back and find that and kind of build a playlist maybe and 
dig into some of those songs a little more. Cool. And then we went to, um, then we, we get into what we really know, or even people who are not hardcore all out life was no. amazing. Yeah. The explosions, the light show, everything. And then just the fact that I could scream, we are not your kind. I was excited about that. <laughs> uh, then they played duality, which I, I suppose is probably one of their most popular songs and their most radio friendly outside of snuff. Um, and so everybody was digging that. Everybody got to sing along. Did, yep. did you sing along Metalhead? Uh, not during that one. I don't think so. Did you push your fingers into your eyes? No, Damn. I didn't have any pain to kill. <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to, it, they, when you look on those sites, it says it's the encore, but there wasn't much of a break. They just kind of went right into these two songs. And for me, this was the highlight of the the entire show because I think they picked the perfect two tracks to finish. Would you agree? Uh, it seemed that way. I mean, at, that crowd, I, they were going nuts the whole time, but when they were playing those last two songs, it's definitely, they're, they're obviously fan favorites, and I think they probably picked them because they're also highly interactive like mm -hmm. you know there's a lot to for the fans to sing along with and back Corey up yeah for sure i mean he's been doing the spit it out thing with uh yeah, pardon, that was cool. pardon the language everybody but it's the jump the fuck up song uh yeah. and it is fun i mean it's exciting everybody i filmed part of it you know and as I'm scanning around, I went back and watched it later and you see a guy and he's crouched down his arms in position, like he's ready to go. I mean, everybody took it so seriously. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was cool to see like that many people actually do that. It was pretty impressive, which that that's one of the thing I things I love about going to concerts is, you know, that uh, just that feeling of everybody singing along and being on the same page everybody's there for the same reason and that energy is just uh so so awesome yeah for sure and i was so pleased that they finished the show with surfacing um even though they have a song called heretic anthem i really feel like surfacing which came out in 99 on the first record is their anthem um and i think i'm gonna read this it's just five lines and there is language in it. But um, I think this totally encompasses what they've always tried to do and tried to be. Um, and of course, everybody in the crowd chants this and sings right along. But um, it's fuck it all. Fuck this world. Fuck everything that you stand for. Don't belong. Don't exist. Don't give a shit. Don't ever judge me. And I think that really encapsulates basically what the entire band's about. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it's, it's which they have said all along. They've never shied away from. It's, you know, we are the outsiders and this is where we belong together. If you're an outsider, come and join us and you're you're safe here. Yeah, it gives people a place to, to be. I think people, and I know you feel the same way, metal gives people um, an outlet. It's not a destructive force. It really is a healing force. Um, and I think a lot of people get that backwards. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I mean, that's the way I've always felt. Like it, it's, you know, people that don't listen to metal often judge it and they're be like, oh, how can you listen to that? Like it just, 
it just sounds like people are angry and and i actually what dana white has called it like kill your mom music you know <laughs> yeah and it's like you just don't get it like for me when i hear that it makes me feel good and that's like if i had a shitty day i can put that on and that's my outlet i can get it out i'm not going to kill my mom because <laughs> i got my energy out listening to metal you know like yeah. that's what it's for absolutely I think more people are getting that, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, well, people are clearly getting it because it was the number one record in the United States and Great Britain. So that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I think that wraps up the uh, review portion. What do you give it out of 10? Um, you know, not being so familiar with everything they've ever done, I would say... Uh, uh, I was impressed. I'd give it a solid eight and uh, I definitely see them again. I will definitely go back. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm not giving it a 10 because people equal shit was not perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pander people. I do yeah. pander a lot actually. Um, anyway, so the last two things we want to talk about, we have just a brief bit of outside the nine type news and uh, Monday, what'd you find on Reddit? Well, you know, we're watching the show and, you know, I, this is the first time I've really seen them and, you know, everybody has been talking about Tortilla Man and, you know, who is he when the band's having a blast, like not telling every, anybody and his mask is like slowly disintegrating. So there's like, oh, is it, is it going to come off sometime? Are we ever going to see him? And, uh, man, watching him in the show, like he was, he was super entertaining. He was all over the place and he's just, just as crazy as any of them. And, uh, you know, his, his movements and he was very animated and he was fun to watch. And, uh, you know, was it yesterday? I think, I think we, so. uh, we finally may have a clue as to, what his identity might be. Uh, Jim Root in an interview was talking about him and dropped a few clues here and there and people started putting it together. And the uh, consensus so far, the guess on his identity, uh, people are thinking it's a man named Michael Pfaff. And uh, which this guy, apparently he played with Clown in a side project called Dirty Little Rabbits. Um, he has a history with uh, Sid Wilson that's their friends are connected somehow. And Sid actually, I think, introduced uh, Michael and, to Clown. And um, people were digging, digging around and they found this Michael Pfaff. They found his wife. And one of the hashtags that she follows is Tortilla Man, hashtag Tortilla Man. So everything's kind of falling in line. It's looking like that's who we got. Yeah, I, and it totally makes sense, too, that the person would have a musical background. I know everybody says that, you know, because they're up there on the, they're playing kegs or whatever, that they're not true musicians. But, you know, I did get a pretty good beat, and uh, they do quite a bit up there. So he definitely had to have a musical ear, so... Yeah, well, uh, what was it? Root said he was like a classically trained pianist or something like that. And I mean, piano is a percussive instrument. I mean, it's, you know. Well, I think he said he graduated from a school of music too. 
Yes. So that means he's and, probably well-rounded. Yeah, there's videos out there of him playing, like, what was it, Flight of the Bumblebee on his xylophone and stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, he's obviously talented. If that's, if that's who it is, he's obviously talented. So. Yeah. It'll be, I, I'm kind of hoping that it is. Somebody with a great musical background like that, it'd be interesting to see what kind of an input they would have on a future record. Yeah, moving forward, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the last piece of information before we head out. And uh, yesterday, it was announced that during the making of All Hope is Gone, we all knew that the band was not getting along very well. They were kind of doing things separately, and they were piecing things together um, in the studio. Well, apparently, during this time, Corey, Sid, Jim, and Clown got together, and they recorded 11 songs on their own. And they are psychedelic and they are different than anything they made back then. And so Clown has come out recently and said, based on We Are Not Your Kind coming out, having a pretty good reception, they feel like now might be a good time to release these songs that don't fit in with the old Slipknot model, but maybe will be better received today. So sometime during this cycle, I would assume in another year or so, we're probably going to get those 11 songs released, and I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be cool to hear. Um, I'm sure the uh, the maggots will eat it up, and then they'll, um, you know, they're they're not a quiet bunch. So I'm sure we'll hear all of the opinions that they will <laughs> they will have. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Is I'm on, you know, I told you I was on all those sites. People are so like the, there were a lot of people who were harsh on the album because it was different, and they had songs like Spiders, which is one of my favorites on there. That's great. As it's going on, everybody's like, the more I listen to it, really digging it. So, so good. Yeah, I think it's just catching on people, which I like that. That's cool. All right. I think that wraps up this mini-sode that turned into a half of a regular sode. But um, <laughs> I apologize. I was super excited about this event, so I wanted to make uh, sure. You break it. down a show, you know. It's fun to dig in. Faux show. All right, so that's it for now. I guess we're going to see you on our regular rotation next week. And uh, that's all for me, Monday. Yeah, I'm good. Everybody be good to each other. Awesome. See you later, maggots. Bye now.